ready to take a ride, grab your coffee, and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Man, I love those songs. How about you? That was Peter Furler. I'm alive. Praise God, I'm alive. And you're alive. We could be dead tonight. I know that the enemy has tried to take my life on more than one occasion. I can remember the time where I was hit by a hit-and-run driver riding my bike across the street, flipped up in the air, and last thing I saw was his grill. Could have died there. I have had some other close calls. I can tell you, I almost got on a plane in 1979. There at the headquarters of Lester Sumrall's World Harvest Church, there in South Bend, Indiana. I was traveling with my dad up to South Bend, from South Bend to Indianapolis. He worked for Pastor Lester Sumrall worked as his general manager for Channel 46 there. Was it 46 or 47? Um, there in South Bend. And they were doing their annual telethon fundraiser. Weekend was finishing up. I went up there. I got to uh, look from behind the scenes here on the set as they were filming that weekend. Various speakers that would come in. And uh, Dr. Summerall would preach. In fact, I got, went on air that weekend with Dr. Summerall. Got a signed Bible. It's the Win a Million edition. Big red King James Bible that I love. Still have that. And it was all wrapping up that weekend. And, you know, it's about two-hour plus drive from Indianapolis back to South Bend. We'd made the drive up there, me and my dad. And um, my mom and my brother were out of town. And we were going to go back and a group of the people there, they had phoned up there from South Bend on a uh, private plane and there was about six of them and a young young man in his teens. And I'd met him on the uh, set there and he befriended me and he invited me to fly back with him. I wanted to go. Went to ask my dad. Dad said, you can't go. Almost died. Had he let me go, and all I could, I would not be here today. I would be enlisted as those who had died in a plane crash because they got up, encountered some bad weather, and ended up, I guess, getting into a situation where they lost their horizon and they crashed. The crash was so horrific that the bodies were mangled almost unrecognizable. That was the night the devil intended to kill me. And uh, it was so tragic because Dr. Summerall lost several members of his staff there. Coming off the meeting that they had, that he ended up writing a book on how to deal with grief. I could have been in that book. Praise God. I'm, I'm thankful my dad said no, saved my life. I can tell you other other times where enemy probably intended to have 
taken me out. And I'm sure you can too. And think about all those times. And then you really appreciate this song, I'm Alive. Some may have been close to an overdose or were nearly murdered or survived a terrible accident. You know, many ways to die. Praise God, we're alive today. And we're all going to die, but you don't want to die without knowing Jesus Christ first as Lord and Savior. Thank you. Do I hear an amen? I'm thankful I'm alive and have, have an opportunity to make things right with the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you can know Him tonight. If there's something not right in your own life, you can get it right tonight. Thank God you're alive. You still have an opportunity. Take care of business with the Lord. All who call the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, it says, shall be saved. Word of God also says, all have fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one righteous, no, not one. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have need of a Savior. There's only one name written under heaven by which men might be saved, and that's Jesus Christ. There is no other way to the Father. There's not many paths that lead to God. There's one. One God, one only begotten Son, one Savior. Yahovah God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only way to the Father. And if you want to know Jesus tonight, He welcomes you to open up that door. He's standing there at the door knocking. He and the Father are knocking on our hearts. Open up to Him. Cry out to Him saying, Lord, help me. I need your help. I can't figure this thing out. I need mercy. Every time I try to do it, I fail. I need you. I admit I'm a sinner. Then confess your sins to Jesus. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you know what? He'll do it. He doesn't make empty promises. He's not a man that he shouldn't lie. He watches over his word to perform it. And it says, All who call the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. God is saving Muslims that nobody has ever witnessed to. He's appearing to them in dreams. He can save you and I tonight out of our sins. He's the only one who can do it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, says we shall be saved. Ask Jesus to come in, repent of your sins, Make that turn. With the Lord's help, you can do it. Invite a man to be Lord and Savior. Yield to Jesus, and he will come in and begin the work to restore you and I. He can raise you up out of any bad circumstance. He'll put your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. He will forgive you of your sins and wash you and I clean. And if you've fallen away or you've been lukewarm in your walk with the Lord, Come back. First John one nine is there waiting for you. 
There's no other way. Suicide is not a solution. That's only a one-way ticket to a place of torment where you can never escape. Don't allow the devil to trick you. Make you think, well, it'll just end all the pain. Nope. The pain is only beginning if you take that option. Don't believe the lie. Get a King James Bible. I hold on to it tightly. It's one of the last modern Bibles standing that you can put faith and trust in. God has preserved it. Now we need to read it. And that's what we're going to do tonight. Father Yehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we give you thanks and praise for this opportunity to be alive today. Our Father, Yehovah, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine art the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Forgive us of all our sins in Jesus Christ's name. God, where we have come up short, help us. Jesus, we need your help tonight apart from you. We can't do anything. We yield to you. Not our will, but thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. We submit to you. We ask for your protection, your warrior angels to surround each one of us. In our families, we plead the blood of Jesus over every one of our family members and our loved ones. We lift up Mike Kerr to you tonight, God and loose ministering angels to him in the hospital. Touch him, Lord. We speak to Mike. Be healed and made whole and recover. All in Jesus' name. We lift up Shane to you, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus over him. You know what's going on in his life? I don't, but requests for prayer came in. God, meet him at his need. Help him, God. Bless him and his family. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, as I was praying that prayer, the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. You know, that's also that's financial bread. Because we all need bread. That used to be a slang term for money. Uh, you need financial bread. But we also need spiritual bread. And what is spiritual bread? The Word of God. So we pray, God, right now as we're going into your Word, that the Holy Spirit come and teach us the Word, give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of it. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to start tonight in Matthew chapter 22, picking up from where we left off last time. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables, and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden. Behold, I prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his farm, and another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully, and slew them, killed them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers, 
and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye, therefore, into the highways, and as many as ye, talking to the group, shall find, bid to the marriage. He's talking to us today. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guest, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou in here, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away. And cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. How are we going to be chosen? By answering the call of the Lord Jesus Christ and putting on our wedding garments, washing our robes that are dirty in sin in the blood of Jesus, repenting of our sin, living in life that's holy and acceptable to the Lord. Does it mean you're going to be perfect in me? No. There's not anyone perfect except Jesus. But we can do our best to live holy before the Lord and we can get help along the way. If we need deliverance, we've got to repent. We do it, these things, and the Lord will forgive us. He'll help us. Many are called. The good news is the call for all mankind to come and be restored in relationship with the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, by repenting of our sins, being born again. But not everybody's going to do that. Some will be like some of these that ignored him and go on about their way and seek out money or lands, building their empires, building their brands, and entertainment world. Others turn back and persecute those preaching the gospel and still do to this day, kill some of them, murder them, laugh and mock the gospel. pass laws to try to stop the gospel from going forth and penalize those who are. Arrest some. I can tell you they're in. It's right here. They will be bound up hand and foot and they will be cast into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and God will burn up their cities and destroy these murderers. The judgments of God are coming on the nations. It's coming on America one day. It's been foretold. We still have an opportunity to repent. And some will and will be saved. But will the nation? It's not likely. I don't see it written in the Word of God. I see it burning. Demetri Dudeman was shown what's coming on America. 
California, Florida, New York State, Las Vegas will one day be judged. I have friends in those places and I've lived in some of those places. Never lived in New York. Only been to the airport there. I really enjoyed my time in Las Vegas, but I knew then and I know now it's got a shelf life. It's a city marked for destruction. Why? Because these are strongholds where you have many people living in wickedness. Doing things that were common in the time of Sodom and Gomorrah. And this is repeated around the world. God's going to deal with it one day. Going on on to say, because they will not repent. Verse 15, Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle Jesus in his talk. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teacheth, teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? They were trying to trip up Jesus. They were hoping he was a tax protester because they would have had him arrested, beaten and put to death. Just like there are those today that will arrest you and imprison you if you don't pay Uncle Sam. Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar? Meaning pay him taxes? Or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. They brought unto him a penny. Jesus saith unto them, Whose is the image and superscription? Whose name, in other words, is underneath the image? They send him Caesar's. Then said Jesus unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the thing which are things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him. They were shocked. They didn't know what to say, and went their way. The same day came to him the Sadducees. Think about that name, the Sadducees. Do you know why they were sad? My Sunday school teacher told me. You want to know why they were sad, you see? Why? Because they say that there is no resurrection. So they believe in serving God, but up until the time you die, and then it's a moot issue. Poof, you're gone. Got no memory, you just cease to exist. You're dead. As far as they were concerned, you're dead. Maybe you have memory. I don't know. I don't know if they believe you could be raised out of hell. Or raised from death. Let me put it that way. Death. Death. So the same day came him to the Sadducees, which say that there is no resurrection, and asked him, saying, Master, Moses said if a man die, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. That was the instruction back then. 
If your brother died and died without progeny, without children, you as his brother were to take his wife, have relations with her, pregnant her, and raise up seed in the name of your brother who was not there to do it anymore. And there was uh, one man named Onan. His brother was killed somehow and fell upon him to raise up seed to his to his brother's widow. And he went in there and they were making love and he pulled out and shot a seed right on the ground. God saw it and struck him down dead as a dog because of what he did. He did not want to raise up seed to his brother. Killed him. Now was it the pull out or was it his intent? Minimum is 10. It may have been the other. Seed is something precious that he gives men to procreate. You're not to put it in someone who's not your wife. You're not to put it in a hoe. You're not to masturbate. You get demons, shame, guilt and condemnation from that. And the jury is out on how God feels about birth control. I don't have an answer to that one yet. But I will tell you this. When Worley in his time spoke about people that were using birth control, specifically the IUD device, he said it's an instant birth, it's an instant abortion. And women that were suffering from uterine cancer and feminine problems down there in their parts. Very dangerous to take birth control. Ladies can cause cancer. It's a hormone. Get in there and affect your estrogen levels. Got to be careful playing around with estrogen and testosterone. And of course... And of course, uh, prophylactics, I just don't know. The Catholics take the view that any kind of birth control is sin. They may be right. I'm still seeking for an answer on that. I'm talking within the confines of marriage. Having sex outside of marriage is verboten, forbidden in German both fornication and worse yet the adultery having relations with someone else's spouse or you're married and have relations with someone who's single but you're cheating on your spouse sexually verse 25 now they were with us well let me back up they asked him 
a riddle. If a man die, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother, Moses said. Now, there were with us, Jesus, seven brethren. And the first, when he had married a wife, died. And having no issue, meaning no children, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third unto the seventh. For a lady lost seven husbands. And last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. The inference here that they're making is they believe that, you know, when you die, and when resurrection comes, who should be married to? Now, this is interesting because it came from the group that take the stance that there is no resurrection. Very interesting they would ask him this question, trying to entrap Jesus. First, they try to get him with uh, an accusation that he's a tax protester. Secondly, they're going to try to get him through the religious order there and get him to say something that is blasphemous See, they don't believe there's a resurrection. They're going to try to get him for teaching false doctrine. Jesus answered and said unto him, Ye, meaning all of you, do err, not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. For the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage. But they are but are as the angels of God in heaven. Now, angels do not marry or give in marriage. That's why I'm not convinced that it was the angels that came in and mated with women. Or at least the angels that Christ is referring to. Something did. Some spirit being did that had the ability to inject sperm. And I have to make the case that why would God create a spirit being that could impregnate and pro, that could procreate rather and then not enable them to do it. It says that the sons of God came unto the children of men. Well, there's smarter guys than I in this realm of classifications of angels and have written some good books, and they've made a, made a good case, but we still don't know for certain. God didn't choose to reveal it all to us in his word. There's some good theories, very interesting theories. But also there seems to be several types of angels, spirit beings. We don't have all the answers on who are the demons. 
whatever reason God has not revealed it to us some have said well we've got the book of Enoch well do you have the real book of Enoch it's not a salvation doctrine if we have Enoch or not God could have put in the word if he wanted us to have it could be some information to glean from but we just don't know are they truly the demons the spirit of the Nephilim the offsprings of some super being spirit, uh, angels if you will or other cr- creature and mankind that were able to procreate when the sperm met the egg there's questions out there but right here Jesus said angels of God in heaven neither marry nor are given in marriage so why would the Lord create the ability to procreate if he didn't expect you to marry you think God would have created angels to go out there and fornicate and adulterate this question needs to be answered well angel is kind of a broad term was it a cherubim a seraphim an archangel there's other types of created beings God created all that was made for himself some are vessels of honor and some to be vessels of dishonor I'm glad I wasn't created to be a vessel of dishonor how about you it says for again for in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage but are as the angels of God in heaven but as touching the resurrection of the dead have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God Jesus is not making things up he's referring them back to the word the holy scriptures the Torah and the prophets I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob God is not the God of the dead but the living but of the living and when the multitude heard this they were astonished at his doctrine but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence they were gathered together then one of them which was a lawyer asked Jesus a question tempting him trying to set him up and saying master which is the greatest commandment in the law Jesus said unto him thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind this is the first and great commandment and the second is like unto it thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets they didn't go through them all and they basically deal with loving the Lord and loving your neighbor and how you interact with him while the Pharisees were gathered together Jesus asked them saying what think ye of Christ or Hebrew will be Messiah Mashiach whose son is he they said to him son of David he saith unto them 
How then doth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, Yahovah, said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies my footstool, thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? So they're asking him, is Christ son of David? Whose son is he? If no man was able to, and no man was able to answer him a word, neither durst any man from that day forth ask Jesus any more questions. They realized they didn't know what they thought they knew. That is chapter 22 of Matthew. Okay, we're going to read one more chapter and try to get done in the next 10 minutes. Folks, we have babies crying. We got dogs barking. When I lived in Costa Rica, off and on for three years, we did some shows from Costa Rica. Boy, I'm thankful we got better internet than we had then. When I can tell you we didn't even have Lord have mercy. One meg. Today, just about everybody's got 100 meg. I'd like 256k. Well, you could hear it sometimes on a broadcast. Sometimes we didn't have enough bandwidth to do all we wanted to do. Patch in a guest, do blog talk radio. Then on top of that, the natives would get restless. Over on some other street, someone would open up their car doors and turn the base full up. And you could begin to hear the uh, the bass drums coming out of their stereo speaker. This is a child-friendly and show, and you can bring your cats too and your dogs if you're a cat lover. They're welcome. I just threw a dog bone to Ringo the Mazinji. Matthew chapter 22. And Jesus answered and spake... Uh, excuse me, I just did that. I'm sorry. We're going to go now to First Samuel. First Samuel 9. Now there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish. Let me stop there. Where we just left off last time, I'll speak my word, is Israel, the tribes of Israel have cried out to the prophet Samuel that they no longer want to be judged by the priest. His two sons were in the service of the Lord. And then like uh, Eli before him, Phineas and Hophni did not serve to the best of their ability. People got tired of it and they just looked at other nations also and lusted after having a king. They want to be like everybody else. Isn't that how a lot of nations are? Oh, we want to be like the West in this aspect or not and maybe better or for the worse if they get what they want. And Samuel cried out to the Lord and God heard him and said, go back to them and tell them what's going to befall them. What's that noise? Yosi? Hear that? Wow. Something 
howling outside. The father told Samuel to tell the people what would befall them if they got what they asked for. Gave them an opportunity still to repent. At the end of the day, they said, yes, fine, give us what we want. So Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the ears of Yehovah. And Yehovah said to Samuel, Hearken unto their voice, and make them a king. Samuel said unto the men of Israel, Go ye every man unto his city. That's where we pick up, First Samuel chapter 9. Now there was a man of Benjamin, whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bechorath, the son of Aphia, a Benjamite. He was of the tribe of Benjamin, one of the twelve tribes. A mighty man of power. Benjamin was the last son that was born to Father Abraham. And from this tribe goes on to say, and he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice young man, and goodly, a goodly. And there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. And I believe that's talking about his outer appearance. Handsome. He was unique. From his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. He was a tall man. I imagine he was six foot I lay hands on my boys and I say grow 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 in Jesus name grow 7 foot tall tall as that door 7 foot 2 maybe the Lord will give me 6 foot 2 I can negotiate on that but this was a tall man young man and the asses of Kish's of Kish Saul's father weren't lost so in the charge of Saul were some lot livestock And Kish said to Saul, his son, Take now one of the servants with thee, and arise, and go seek the asses. Now whether these were mules or young horses, I don't know. But nonetheless, they were the livestock. And Saul passed through Mount Ephraim, and passed through the land of Shalisha. You ever met a girl named Shalisha? Someone ought to use that name. But they found them not. Then they passed through the land of Shalem. And there they were not. Couldn't find him so far. He's looking for him everywhere. And he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they found them not. And when they were come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant that was with him, Come, let us return. Lest my father leaving, leave caring for the asses and take thought for us. In other words, we've been gone a while. It's one thing we've already lost some asses, but, you know, God forbid, we don't want them to think we're lost too. Make him more worried. So, and he said unto him, Behold now, there is in this city a man of God. He's an honorable man. All that he saith cometh surely to pass. Now let us go there. Peradventure, he can show us our way that we should go. They were going to go and get some help from the Father. I've been to the Father for help on multiple occasions. How about you? God, I need help. What am I doing in this situation? Do I do this or do I do that? 
I'm asking him right now, Lord, do I take a trip at this time? Then said Saul to a servant, But behold, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread is spent in our vessels, and there is not a present to bring to the man of God. What have we? When you go to see a prophet, you are to bring a gift. What do we have to give him? And the servant answered Saul again and said, Behold, I have here at hand the fourth part of a shekel of silver. That will I give to the man of God to tell us our way. Before time in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, thus he spake, Come and let us go up to the seer. He could see things that others couldn't. For that he, for he that is now called a prophet was before time called a seer. Then Saul, then said Saul to his servant, Well said, come, let us go. So they went unto the city where the man of God was. And as they went up the hill to the city, they found young maidens going out to draw water and said unto them, Is the seer here? And they answered them and said, He is. Behold, he is before you. Make haste now. For Ninety came, seconds. For he came today to the city, for there is a sacrifice of the people today in the high place. As soon as ye be come into the city, ye, talking to them both, shall straightway find him, before he go up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat until he come, because he doth bless the sacrifice, and afterwards they eat that be bidden. Now therefore get you up, for about this time you shall find him. And they went up unto the city, into the city, and when they were coming to the city, behold, Samuel came out against them, for to go up to the high place. Now Yehovah had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came, saying, Boy, I'd like to have God speak in me, or how about you? Tomorrow, about this time, Samuel, I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of their Philistines. For I have looked upon my people, because their cry is come unto me. And when Samuel saw Saul, Yahovah said unto him, Behold, the man whom I spake to thee of, this same shall rule, reign over seconds. my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray thee, where the seer's house is. And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me unto the high place, for ye shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let thee go, and will tell thee all that is in thine heart. And as for thine asses that were lost three days ago, set not thy mind on them. Don't worry about them, for they are found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on thee and all, and on all thy father's house? There's bigger things to worry about than those asses. But nonetheless, they're okay. They were located right now. There's greater business to be dealt with. And that desire includes and involves you, Saul. And Saul answered and said, Am not I a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel? In my family, the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin. Wherefore then speakest thou so to me? Hey, Willis, what are you talking about? And Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the parlor 
and made them sit in the chiefest place among them that were bidden, which were about 30 persons. He gave them reserved seating. Samuel said unto the cook, Bring the portion which I gave thee, of which I said unto thee, Set it by thee. And the cook took up the shoulder, and that which was upon it, and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, Behold that which is left. Set it before thee and eat. For unto this time hath it been kept for thee, since I said, I have invited the people. So Saul did eat with Samuel that day. And when they were come down from the high place into the city, Samuel communed with Saul upon the top of the house. And they rose early, and it came to pass about the spring of the day that Samuel called Saul to the top of the house, saying, Up, that I may send thee away. And Saul rose, and they went out, both of them, he and Samuel abroad. Last verse. And as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Bid the servant pass on before us. And he passed on. But stand thou still a while, that I may show thee the word of God. The future of Saul is about to be revealed. Along with some conditions. If you obey God's instructions, the blessing. If you disobey and rebel, the curse. That's it. We're going to come right back with our next program. God bless you. Stand by. Thank you, Father God. Bless the word that went out. Seal it in our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.